Hey, good morning. Happy Monday. Welcome back to Tap That AZ Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Walters. Welcome back. Hope you had a good weekend. We're going to get into this episode that is pretty insightful when it comes to not only the science behind things of what's going on right now, but also some great resources for businesses. So before we get into that, though, we have Tap That AZ t-shirts for sale gray t-shirts with tap that az on the front and stay awesome on the back we're selling these shirts for 25 dollars. that includes shipping five dollars will go towards the uh, will go to the Teresa soros legacy fund which is a fund that was established by the arizona craft brewers guild to help uh, arizona uh, breweries or people of the arizona craft beer community uh, that are in need so five dollars of each shirt sale will go to that Teresa Soros legacy fund. So hit me up on direct message or email me eric at tapthataz.com if you want one of those shirts. We also are going to be selling the Arizona beer book, the Arizona beer book through the Arizona beer That's the website. If you go there, the Arizona beer hit that shop tab up at the top and you're going to see the Arizona beer book. That is $40. Shipping is included. $10 of each of those book sales is going to go towards that Teresa Soros Legacy Fund. We also have a couple shirts there, too. We have a white t-shirt and we have a baseball t-shirt. $5 of each of those sales are going to go towards that Teresa Soros Legacy Fund as well. Like I said, these prices do include shipping. Go to thearizonabeerbook.com, hit that shop tab up at the top, and you'll be able to find the book and the shirts that we have. And for the Tap That Easy shirts, reach out to me on social media or eric at tapthateasy.com if you want one of those. One last thing, the Arizona, so beer festivals are always a great time. Um, literally thousands of people show up to every one of those in Arizona. So we know there is a demand and excitement around those. Well, right now we can't have any beer festivals or any really gathering of humans at this point, right? So there's a craft brewers guild created the Arizona Virtual Beer Fest. So azvirtualbeerfest.com. That's the website. This is going down on April 18th. That's this coming Saturday, if you're listening to this before April 18th of 2020. Um, And that's going to go from two until six. So pretty, pretty exciting what they're going to be doing. They're going to have all kinds of things going on. So go to the website, uh, azvirtualbeerfest.com. Get all the info. That includes uh, information on how to get tickets. Also, there are places like uh, Wartega. I don't know if you guys have heard of Wartega, W-A-R-T-E-G-A. They were a brewery in New York, and they're moving to Arizona, moving the brewery here as well. I'm not sure how all this affects the timeline, uh, but met their founder, Merlin, a few months back. Awesome, awesome guy. These guys are going to do some really cool stuff here in Arizona. So, Wartega is actually giving away a ticket if you buy a wooden sticker. So, if you get some wooden stickers, uh, basically, I don't remember off the top of my head what they say, but basically, support Arizona beer. Um, if you get one of those stickers, you get a free ticket to this Arizona Virtual Beer Fest. Now it's limited to 100, so go to wartega.com and see how you can get one of those and also get to learn a little bit about this exciting new brewery that's going to be coming to Phoenix once this whole thing passes passes us by. All right, so let's get into this one. So this episode, so really over the past few weeks of what's been going on, the amount of support that's been shown across the Arizona food and beer family has just 
food and beverage, I should say. I I think about beer all the time, but uh, food and beverage in Arizona, it's been great. I mean, the the amount of people that are helping other people, even though they're struggling, it's just, it's really inspirational and and shows the drive and passion behind um, what the people in this industry have. So in today's episode, my guest is Mike Malazzi, and he talks about how solidarity needs to be a cornerstone of making it through this unprecedented time. So Mike's a co-founder of Borderlands Brewing and, and really one of the most intelligent, nicest people that I've ever met. And he guides us through some of the valuable resources available to help uh, people navigate through these treacherous times, not just, you know, business wise, but just, you know, from a, uh, from a personal aspect. So let's tap into Dr. Mike's pandemic survival guide. All right, so my guest today, this is a man of many hats. Right now, he only has one hat on. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, put that back on. Come yeah, on, it's awful. I haven't showered yet. Sorry. <laughs> but, dude, you, you are a doctor. You're a beer guy. You're an entrepreneur. You're – did did I cover Social all? Justice warrior. Social justice warrior. Yes, yes. That was that's that's one of your that's one of your big ones. And uh, <laughs> just a, just an all around great dude, man. Um, Mike Malazzi, welcome to the show, thank man. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited about uh, this chance to talk to you again. Me too, man. Me too. It's been too long. It feels like it, feels like it was a year ago, but it could have been yes. longer. A long, long ago. Yes. <laughs> Before times. It was. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Back when people could sit across from each other on a picnic uh, Simpler table. times. Yes. Yes. So, um, Mike, what, what has, uh, well, a little backstory. Uh, the, yeah. the way that I, that I had connected with you was, is you're one of the founding members of uh, Borderlands Brewing and Tucson. Correct. Correct. Yeah. That's tip of the iceberg on you though, right? What's uh, we, yes. Give us we, a little, <laughs> the iceberg is it? it's a big one. Watch big out folks. Yeah. So um, a little yeah. background on you, man, where so I, before we started recording, um, you had mentioned when you moved to Arizona. So, so you didn't grow up in Arizona. No, no, I actually okay. grew up in uh, Colorado Springs. Um, and I went to, um, Colorado state university, uh, Fort Collins as you all know, is probably the home of uh, a beer mecca. It's New Belgium and Odell's and many others. That's a great, um, I just went yeah. there, for, sorry to interrupt you, but, no, but yeah. I went there about a year ago with my dad. We, we went to Denver and I'm like, hey, people told, said we should go to Fort Collins and he's, he loves beer too. So we went, mm-hmm. dude, that, that town is awesome, man. I, I, I dude, say, they called it Fort Fun in college. Four fun. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Dude, it's great. I mean, the beer scene there. I mean, everything's walkable too. It's like uh They I call don't it know. the choice, the choice city or the choice community. It's it's one of the best places to live, I'd say. Clean. Dude, yeah. unbelievably clean. Our Uber driver was like he I forget where he was from. I think he was from like New Jersey or something. He's like, dude, I've never seen a cleaner place in my life. <laughs> you, you know, know? it's funny, uh uh I attended uh, the local first Arizona Good Business Summit in Phoenix a couple of years ago, and Kim Jordan, the co-founder of New Belgium, was the keynote speaker. So I got to ask her. I got to you know ask her a question after her talk, and I was like, "Hi, Mike, fanboy number one here." Yeah. Uh, and she was just talking about because she's that that company is such a positive impact on the Fort Collins community, you know. And she was talking about how love is the foundation of everything they do, love of their craft, love of their community. Um, and we were talking about sustainability and I was like, you know, she was talking about her, the impact of new Belgium on the community. And she was talking about sustainability. And I said, 
you know, your impact is greater than on your own community because every one of us that went to CSU, you know, we'd have house parties and we'd get a keg of sunshine wheat or something, yeah. uh, you know, a pony. And then of course we'd go to drinking Keystone Light because we were on a budget. But, yeah. <laughs> but the, the powerful um, example that you guys set with wind-powered brewing way before anybody else rippled across our, our growing minds and, and that formed the expectation and basis of what we expect of the business community. So, yeah. So was that, was that like a, a huge part to, to what would, what end up being you opening up borderlands? Oh, 100% new Belgium yeah. was, was yeah. my example. Yeah. That's awesome, man. So you, you went to college in Fort Collins, what, yeah, years, so years I, I got yeah, yeah, no, I got I got um, my degree in microbiology and immunology, and my last my last year at Fort Collins, I worked for Budweiser. Um, okay, I was in their quality assurance lab, uh, and I became familiar with the corporate world, uh, which <laughs> was horrible. I was just um, I didn't know if you're gonna say it. I saw in your face like yeah, if, if you can if yeah. you can see his face. If you know me, you know that I don't stay quiet about anything yeah <laughs> so um so yeah so i just realized that um with my degree as a bachelor's in science there was really no opportunities that seemed attractive for me i decided to go to grad school i went to uh, loyola university of chicago i got my phd in microbiology i studied anthrax oh really um, interesting yeah yeah and then i came i came uh to arizona because one of the uh, adjunct professors in my department um, uh, was studying C. diff, which is a uh, prior to this was the leading cause of hospitally acquired infections throughout the oh, developed world. Interesting. Um, and my first year uh, in Arizona, I didn't know anyone, but my sister's best friend uh, was a returning Peace Corps volunteer, Highbrook, um, from <laughs> South Africa, and she brought me to one of her. Uh, uh, Peace Corps games because a lot of the Peace Corps volunteers go to U of A for a masters in public health and now other things as well, but they all play kickball. And that's where I met my, uh, my co-founder miles stone. Okay. He's now a physician up in white river, Arizona. Hi miles. Um, and two, two uh, doctors started. Borderlands, yeah, so we man. started that's home awesome. brewing. And after our, after our first batch, we were like, let's start a brewery. Yeah, because <laughs> oh. it was amazing. It was an amazing yeah. batch. Yeah, 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 exactly. Right. It always is. That first and batch was is like, the best. Well, it's just, to be fair, it was a uh, malt extract. Okay, okay. But, so <laughs> but let's, still. I'm not, you know, I'm no wizard, okay? But, yeah. Yeah. So, so then how does it, how does it progress then into, to actually like, cause everybody has those great ideas, right? After a couple beers and a successful right. home brewer, it's like, dude, let's, let's do this. But, um, how long was it between that and, and when you guys opened the doors of Borderlands? Um, it was about a year. So, um, I realized after having spent seven years in graduate school that academic science, um, was really uh, not the place for me. Okay. Uh, there's, there's a new book coming out um, by a guy named Brandon who's on the East Coast, I think, but uh, he wrote this great article called Science Was a Brutal Education, That's Why I Left. Hmm. Uh, and he's coming out with a book, so look out for that. Um, 
but what does that uh, mean? Like what is, well, what is, so I saw this great tweet. There's a, there's a Twitter handle in science Twitter called uh, academic chatter. And one of the tweets was, is academia just one responsibility after another until you die? Yeah. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> that's, that's pretty much exactly what it is. And what do you mean by responsibility? Like what, what's... well, it's like, um, you know, um, you, uh, I was, uh, I basically started as a, a postdoc full time, um, after miles, uh, took a year off of, uh, medical school to start the business. I went part time and began to run both the business and, uh, sort of shifted from being someone who was deeply involved in the, in the science to, to, uh, basically a lab manager who helped the lab run from an operational standpoint. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, but but the expectations of me in the lab were not lessened, even though my role had changed. And that ah. set up a problem. And of course, trying to run a, a business while you're, uh, you know, working full time, which a lot of brewery owners are, yeah. is a, the struggle is very, very real. Yeah. So when you're saying responsibility, one responsibility after another, it's, it's, you, you, you go into it with this mindset of, Hey, I'm going to do all these great things. I'm going to, I'm going to research these things and, and my, my heart and soul is going to be put into the, the curing this or solving this, but right. that's, that's not the reality. Is that what? No, it's yeah. not. And, yeah. and, and people in academia, especially in the um, biological sciences are underpaid and overworked ah. and they're saddled with, um, you know, enormous amounts of student loan debt which can't be forgiven gotcha. and that yeah. crushes it crushes people yeah yeah so in, in okay so, so from the times you get the time you guys opened the doors to borderlands till now it's been a pretty straight line right for you <laughs> yeah totally breezy easy breezy smoking jays on the beach sipping beer it's been a dream come true yeah. that's awesome you, you're fa- your blank face man i i actually might release the video for this because that please that do so yeah much element i have it. zero s to give so <laughs> you just had this blank stare it's like what the hell so, so bring us up to speed as to, cause I know that one of some of the main things that we wanted to talk about is, is, you know, what's going on right now. Um, and, and I want to talk to you just from, from your background and your knowledge and all of that about what's going on bigger picture, but also we want to talk about, you know, the beer scene and, and what's mm-hmm. going on and, yeah. and what's, what's happening. But, but before we do that, let bring us, you know, kind of give us a rundown of from the time borderlands opens to today what's that been like um it's been a wild ride man um you know when we started there was three breweries it was uh barrio thunder canyon and nimbus uh now there's over 20 breweries in southern arizona um as you know hundreds of breweries in uh the full state yeah um i think we are seeing now i used to not say this but i think we are seeing market saturation um, and I think we will see a number of breweries closing um, after this pandemic. Yeah. Um, and I don't know that there's going to be an opportunity to fill that void afterwards um, just because of the economy. But so it's a real test of resiliency. Um, and it's something that I have been um, uh, researching both personally. Um, I'm very open about this. I almost died by suicide um, this past September. Oh, wow. Uh, so I'd been researching a lot about mental health resiliency. Yeah. Um, I was serving on the Pima County Small Business Commu- uh, Commission. So I was researching um, business resiliency and community resiliency. So it's definitely a passion of mine. 
Yeah. Yeah. You're everything I see from you is there's, there's a lot of heart and, and thought behind it. And, and you, you can, you can feel your passion when just in some of the things that you, you know, you send me privately through, you know, direct message or anything like that. Like, it's like, yeah. oh shit, like, you know, and you yeah. when yeah. you talk to me, you're drinking from the firehouse. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. My wife's like, Hey, why is, what's going on with your phone? Is it like, is it, is, is it going to blow up? I'm like, nah, it's just Mike. It's just Mike. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you can just take it or leave it. Yeah, that's fine. I understand. I understand. Yeah. So, so where are you at? If you don't mind me asking, like, where, where, where are you at with like Borderlands? What, what's the situation with with Borderlands at this point? Well, because of um, because of the many struggles that I had gone through trying to um, uh, save that business, and and one of the biggest ones was. Um, you know, right in the middle of everything, uh, Miles had moved to White River to be a physician. Okay. Uh, I was left running the business alone. And, um, you know, I had to form an emergency board to help me run the company and recruit another executive. I just, I couldn't do it anymore. And, and real um, quick, not to, not to yeah. interrupt Mike, but, but so at that point then it was, it was just you and Miles, right? It was just, cause I think when, when I spoke with you, you guys, you had, you had a board, right? But when you opened it up, it was just, it was you guys starting a brewery, right? Two dudes starting a brewery. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, um, so 2019, that's that year. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's what everybody's saying everyone about this year. That statement. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But, uh, you know, uh, we were the ninth fastest growing brewery in the country, according to the Brewers Association. Yeah. Uh, that's real. That's growing pains and those struggles are real. And that's not um, always a good thing, right? Like you look at it as like, it, no. I guess on the surface and in theory, um, you know, cause I, I, when I, I don't know how long ago it was, but I was talking to the wilderness guys and they were talking about when they got the, uh, was the, I think it was the rate beer, beer advocate, you know, best new brewery in the world. They're like, dude, that almost crumbled us like that. Yeah. You know, oh you yeah. Think people are like, Oh dude, hell yeah. Like, Whoa, no. Like it's, there's this great, um, article that, uh, Rebecca Safford from tap and bottle shared with me, which was, uh, the psychological price of entrepreneurship and there's a great pull quote that's like it's like it's like riding a lion and all your friends are saying holy crap look at that guy riding a lion and you're on this lion like how the f did i get on this lion where do i get off because <laughs> right. right. it's exactly not slowing it's down like, it's no. not slowing down and when we stop it's gonna eat me so like I right yeah exactly. So, um, so it was you and miles, um, you know, things start growing. So now it's, it's in your hands and you, you have to bring on this board you said, right? So, so. Yeah. So, so, um, so in the middle of that, um, we were growing so fast, we needed to increase production, but our space at borderlands was limited and, uh, we had ordered a tank. I found out that, uh, we have a basement in borderlands and all our tanks are on the top floor. And I found out through an engineering survey, because I'm a scientist, do I do due diligence, yeah. <laughs> that the floor not only could not hold the weight of the new tank, but it was already overloaded. Um, so I called my friend Jeremy at Sentinel Peak because they had just moved into a new production facility that looked like it had plenty of space. And I was like, hey, yeah. would you be interested in going in on that space together? Because we've been looking forever for a new space and really hadn't found anything to be satisfactory. Um, that's when we formed Voltron Brewing, yeah. um, which is that jointly operated facility with Sentinel Peak. So um, my dad came out, he helped us. He's a project manager and an engineer. So he helped 
Hi, Dad. Yeah. Uh, he, <laughs> he helped uh, through that process, which was grueling. Um, and after that, I was just, I, I couldn't give anything else. I had given everything. Yeah. Put everything into it. There's a great song that, that sort of captivates that, which is a uh, guy sings song about giving zero Fs. Look it up on YouTube. It's great. Guy, that's just the name of the song? Guy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, guy sings song about giving zero Fs. I'm gonna look into the uh, I'm gonna look into the copyright of that because that may be the intro song for your for this episode. <laughs> it, I think it is copyrighted, but hey, maybe he'll give you a compassionate you know copyright. I'll reach out to him. I'll reach yeah. out to him. Yeah. <laughs> so so at that point, you're you're just drained, man. Like you've you're yeah yeah yeah. So um, uh, but since then um. You know, when this whole thing hit, I began to see uh, all of my friends suffering deeply as as some of them as much as I was suffering. Um, and so beer industry, beer industry, yeah, or just, beer okay. industry okay. you know, uh, talk to my buddy John Lane over at Oso, like seeing what how excruciating it was for him to furlough all of his staff and um you know, but also uh, on the opposite of that coin, stepping up and, you know, um, producing hand sanitizer at his distillery. Yeah. So things like that. So I began to look for those encouraging stories and, and rays of hope to give to my friends in the industry because we need them. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you've been sharing that, right? Like you've been sharing a lot of things on the, uh, what is, what is the page that you the, share? Yeah. The Baja Arizona Brewers page and the craft Tucson page. I used to serve on the craft Tucson board and gotcha. So, yeah. Okay. So you're sharing a lot of those things and, and that's that. I think that's, what's really, um, crazy about what's going on right now. It's, it's not, uh, it's, it's not so much, uh, pep talk. I mean, there's pep talk in there, but it's like, Hey, Dude, real resources. Exactly. Yeah. Like yeah. real, real things that are, that are needed. Like, you know, I saw, um, you know, the guild was doing things where they had, you know, people from accounting or human resources doing like zoom sessions to kind of bring right. people up to speed. Right. Cause I mean, I, I love, I love the people in the beer community, but sometimes, you know, we have blinders on the, on the things we don't want to deal with. Right. It's like, ah, I can't you have to, as a business owner, you only have so much bandwidth. And it's true. Yeah. I think people would get annoyed at me because I've been talking about, you know, the need for local banking and all this other stuff and sustainability. And I think to a lot of business owners who are managing so many things, I was just like an annoying fly in their ear. But, um, you know, uh, I've seen a lot of good friends of mine in my part of downtown um, who are just beside themselves because they bank at Wells Fargo and Wells Fargo isn't participating in the Paycheck Protection Program. Uh, and they can't get yeah. any money for their employees. And this is, you know, I, this is not, and I told you, so I get it. Like there's so many things in moving your money to a local bank. is excruciatingly hard and just sad and so frustrating yeah. to see what the consequences are. So what is, so that, that was one of the things that, that you, that you wanted to talk about. And I, I wanted kind of more clarity on that too, is, is what is the, is it the PPP? Is that what it's, they refer to it as? Sure. It's called, well, no, because PPP is uh, the triple bottom line, people, planet, and profits. Another oh, gotcha. thing I learned from Kim Jordan. Okay. Right. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. so double P. Well, so I, the, the, pro, yeah. the paycheck thing. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So it's part of the CARES Act. It's part of the economic relief package that Congress passed. Gotcha. Was, was yeah. a way to uh, provide income to your furloughed employees. Okay. 
Gotcha. And, and if I recall, I don't know, I don't remember the details, but basically um, a certain percentage of it would be forgiven. Um, it was a loan, quote unquote, but a, a certain percentage would be forgiven if it's used to, play, to pay furloughed employees. Is that right, right. Yeah. Right. yeah. But from yeah. What, I, what I heard about it, um, it from, you know, uh, a brewer up, up in Phoenix here was um, it, it was not, it wasn't an easy process because it's over now. Oh, right? no. Like the time has passed. Oh, and it's- uh, yeah, I think, I think April 3rd was the okay. deadline. I don't know. I'm, but it since, wasn't. Since a- it's not my monkey, not my circus anymore. Thank God. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I feel for all of you whose monkey and circus it is. Uh, I don't know all those details, but yeah, I think it is. And and I heard it was not an easy thing. It wasn't a matter no, of, okay, hey, like hours of waiting on the phone and getting yeah. nowhere kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, what is, so when, when all this kind of started happening, Mike, from your, I mean, just who you are and, and I know you're a very intelligent guy and, and you research probably uh, more than anybody I know, uh, probably about anything. <laughs> yeah. Right. So when this, it, it, yeah. <laughs> what, but also with, with your, with your, your background, I mean, mm-hmm. your, your education and what yeah. you, this, that's the only way I know how to be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. With, with your knowledge, when, when this kind of started, when this started in what was yeah. it, I guess, uh, early March, right. Early mid March mm-hmm. when it started. Mm-hmm. Getting well, actually probably January. January. Okay. Yeah. Did you know at that point? Cause I don't, for me, the eye opening experience was I was at, it's at, uh, um, at a brewery and we're doing trivia and I looked and I'm like, Oh man, the NBA season's been canceled. Oh dude, Tom Hanks has Corona. I'm like, Oh shit. Yeah. This is re- no, you know, it's, so- it's funny because microbiologists have been saying this for decades. Um, the, uh, this particularly or just a, Oh yeah. I a mean, well, not this particularly, but yeah. um, when I was in grad school, the first coronavirus um, uh, pa- uh, outbreak, it's not, it wasn't a pandemic was SARS. Okay. Uh, and there was a Corona virologist in my um, apartment and we heard often from, her and my dad was about to take a trip to China. I told him, don't go. Um, and then a second outbreak occurred in um, the Middle East called MERS. Okay. Um, so yeah. this virus is rapidly evolving. It's an RNA virus that has a um, high mutation rate. Um, and there's other evolutionary processes at work that looks like it's been adapting to the human host. And um, But flu is also capable of this kind of destruction as we learned and forgot from the 1918 Spanish flu pandemic yeah, that killed more people than all the armed conflicts combined. That's crazy, man. Yeah. That's crazy. Cause that wasn't that long ago. I mean, you look back at yeah, hundred years. years. Yeah. There are Think people alive today. That, flood, you know, like it's yeah. the exact same thing. So, so let me ask you this, I'm like, because that is a thing that you hear a lot from, you know, the people that are like, ah, oh, man, it's the, the flu kills more people every year than, than this does. And, and the way I think about it, and this is, this is my, you know, my dumb brain logic, <laughs> but I'm like, yeah. yeah, but it's not replacing it. It's, it's, it's adding on to it. Right. Correct. It's, it's, and it's, and yeah. it's highlighting all the deficiencies in the defunded public health programs um, socialism, scary, yeah. <laughs> uh, that, that are essential to our survival. Uh, and microbiologists have been, uh, follow me on my Facebook page and Twitter handle despond union of despondent scientists is what I call. Okay. Cause we've been saying this shit for years and no one is listening. Yeah. 
You think um, they are now? now? They are. I was now saying, they yeah. are. Now yeah. they are. So um, with the with the coronavirus and it, you were saying that how it's evolving to the adapting to the human body or what that's a theory but yeah 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 so do you is it is it something that is and i don't want to freak out anybody that's listening but is it is it's evolving and you know so you you said sars and mers and now you know we've got yeah so so there's an important point here and, and i want to say this because i've seen industry folks talk about conspiracy theories um and and science has a played a role in starting some of these conspiracy theories through a practice called um, pre-prints, which is a, a print of a journal article before it's peer-reviewed okay. uh, that on the media covered. It's an NPR story about how the, uh, some of these pre-print articles fueled conspiracies, conspiracy theories that it was a bioengineered virus. Mm. Uh, you know, Bill Gates came up with it. Um, yeah. uh, and um, it's false. Like the, yeah. this thing has been evolving <laughs> for, you know, a long time. And, and it comes from the intersection of humans and the natural world, not playing nice with one another and humans eating bush meat and becoming exposed to animal viruses. And then those viruses circulate in our um, livestock and then back into us. That's exactly how the flu evolves. It's also how the coronavirus evolves. Uh, interesting. So I, I listened to a Ted talk and, um, I don't remember, uh, the girl's name. You, you might know. And when I mentioned it, you might know about it, but she was talking about how a big part of it, of us, us basically continuing to, um, expand ourselves into rainforests and, and areas mm-hmm. that are just not, not meant for humans, right? Like let, let those be We're we're uncovering these things. And she's like, and, until we stop that, these things are going to continue to come and they're going to get worse and worse. Yeah. 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 That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's, but you know, I find it refreshing that people are finally (laughs) seeing what I've been so on about for so long. If you go, if you take a drive to Tucson, right on the main street, you'll see Mike with his feet up with a cigar (laughs) behind. I fucking told you guys. (laughs) No, no, no. No, I'm just kidding. I don't want to like, Sorry, that's what I'll be thinking. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Yeah. Oh man, it, it's so when when this kind of did, did you the way this is all kind of panned out is it, was it something that was surprising to you? First of all, that it that it's had no, the, not at all. No. It wasn't at all surprising. Um, you know what I what I um, you know after having gone through such a dark time, which involved a lot of personal and professional betrayals. Um, I realized uh, after going through a lot of that, that a lot of those betrayals uh, there came from people who um, made reactionary decisions because they were inundated by fear. Hmm. Um, And my reaction to this pandemic is to seeing people losing their minds out of fear. And I think that speaks to two very important issues, which is one, the state of science illiteracy in our country and um, mainly actually just in our country. Yeah. Not throughout the world. People just not understanding. People do not understand basic science. Um, uh, But also the lack of fear, uh, the lack of recognition of the damaging effects of fear um, and the lack of tools about how to deal with that fear and negativity. Uh, in a positive way. 
And is that the the mental health aspect of it that, that you had mentioned? Like, yeah, uh, but yeah. I think it's not just mental health. I mean, when people make fear-driven um, reactionary decisions, they hurt themselves and others. Um, you know, they, uh, you know, that could be in your familial relationships. As many people are learning, we're seeing a, a surge in domestic violence uh, at home. Um, you know, um, it could be making a, a reactionary business decision without really contemplating uh, what that decision's ramifications might be. It's, it's, yeah. it's unfolding in all sorts of ways that people, um, for some reason, just aren't cognizant of or even aware of, maybe only subconsciously aware of. And I think it's time that we um, take a look at that and, and think about it and work with it. And um, I have some pro tips. But I was going to say, I we're, send yeah. you that later. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like we're less than Mike. This, this, the mic is yours, man. Like, cause, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. I think, I think one of the things is really being cognizant of your own mental health. If, if you are willing to accept your fear uh, and deal with it, there's resources out there. People can reach out to me, please. Please. You can share my email. I'm happy to answer those questions. Excellent. Um, but I think one of the major things we have to do is first recognize it and then to do something about it okay. that can be, you know, simple things like meditation, more self care kind of things. Um, but it can also mean taking action and transforming that fear into something that's positive and is doing good helps you in a major way. Feel good about yourself, feel good about your community, um, and doing something. Yeah. You, you know, you, you say that and, and it, what, what it brings to mind to me is um, I was talking to, uh, have you met the, the folks from uh, town under black distillery in Tucson? No, no, but I, yeah, I saw that article about them. They're great. Really, really cool. Um, or if I have met them, I apologize. I meet so yeah. many people. Like, it's sometimes hard to remember. Oh, I'm yeah. with you, man. I'm, if I see somebody, I'm like, I know I've yeah, met that person yeah. before. Um, but no, so they're, uh, they're, they're doing, you know, they're, they're producing hand sanitizer out of their place. Yeah. And, and we did a uh, episode with them yesterday and um, I completely lost my thought. <laughs> I was gonna, what uh, were you turning just fear into positive action, I think. Um, oh, the action. Yeah, the action aspect of it. Yeah. Beck and I were talking about, um, so Beck and Vlad are the two owners, uh, just awesome, awesome people. I mean, they're, they're, they're doing distilling, like using like ancient techniques, like using like they're getting like clay pots and doing open fermentation uh, for like different beers that they're that just That's more for cool. their home brewing. But on the distilling size, they're, they're really, really awesome. Um, but we we're talking about what's, you know, they're like, you know, we're not charging anybody for this sanitizer. We're taking it to the tribes, you know, on the Navajo reservation. And that's amazing. That's beautiful. Yeah, it really is. And I, and I told, and, and they're not, she's like, we don't make money. I mean, she's a, yeah. I don't, I don't know if Vlad is still a practicing attorney, but he was, um, but she is a, an archeologist. So she still does that full time. They mm -hmm. just do what they do because they love it. And I'm like, that's what's would have been amazing with, with, um, with what I've noticed in Arizona food and beverages, even though most of these places are are struggling just to survive right now. They're mm -hmm. still taking action to help other people. Right. You know what I mean? It's not like that's, there's holding that's out. That's the message we need to get across is yeah. the only way we're going to get through this is together. Yeah. We need to stop acting solely in our own self-interest because that is the way we fail. Yeah. I agree, man. 
I agree. Yeah. Easier said than done, right? For you know, it's uh, I for mean, yeah, I mean, some for some. It's I say. not easy yeah. working together, but it's also the most resilient way to work. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Well, you had mentioned too uh, the theme of solidarity. You had mentioned yeah. that to me a couple of times. What what is that? Explain that to me. I mean, solidarity is literally just sticking together. It yeah. means. You know, uh, it means when someone is vulnerable or a business is vulnerable, you step in to help them. And the reason you do that is not because it helps you immediately, but because you know that when you do that, someone's going to be there for you when it happens to you. And guess what? It will. Yeah. That's life. Yep. Um, And that's what solidarity is. You know, it's being there for someone else because you need people to be there for you when you're down and out. And does that, that kind of goes back full circle then to what you were talking about as far as, you know, first of all, identifying, you know, um, ident- being self-aware, uh, right? right? And then taking that's the beginning and yeah. then, t- then taking that action. That's, that's the type of action you can take, right? Is like, all right, here's what I'm afraid of. I'm afraid this industry is going to collapse. You know what? I need to take action. My friend, my neighbors over here, they need packaging for their to-go food. We've got extra. Is, right. is, did I, is I'm, that, out of, I'm out of crowd. Um, you know, I was talking with Julie Vernon the other day at um, Crooked Tooth. Ah, one and of she my was favorites. out of Crowlers. Yeah. And so I just created a spreadsheet, uh, which is on the Craft Tucson page of a place where people can say, oh, I have extra of this or I need this. And they can put in a request or an offer um, so that people can just quickly scan that and see yeah. what's available. That's awesome, man. That that's great. It's it's like a, it's like a, a family pantry kind of, right? Yeah, it's like the like hop, a, the, the lupulin exchange. You know, yeah, it's just like that. Wait, and what you're is seeing that? that? All over. Oh, the lupulin exchange is a a way for uh, pro brewers to uh, sell sell or buy uh, any extra hops they might have. Oh, nice. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like hey, I need these, this type of hop, and there's. Hey, we got we got a bunch. We're not going to use right. them. Like, yeah, okay, yeah. I like that. I like that. A lot of love coming from Crooked Tooth too. Just those those guys is just humans. Beautiful. Like it. Beautiful yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Say, yeah, yeah. I can't yeah. not smile when I see a picture of them. I'm scrolling through Instagram. I'm like, ah, oh, I love those guys. Yeah. I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And then you see you see them doing their full moon beer every full moon and the in yeah. the in the the hippies. Yeah, I love love it, man. It's it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Um, Another thing you had mentioned, Mike, was the uh, was virtual tip jar. What what is virtual tip jar? Yeah, so let's let's dig in because I I think I'd really like people to know about real resources that are out there. So virtual tip jar um, is a a program that is that is created by the um, Bartenders Guild, U.S. Bartenders Guild. Um, and there's a bunch of companies that are uh, pouring in funds to that, including uh, Jameson Whiskey, uh, Coors, um, and that's for all these people who are laid off right now that are that are beer and bartenders. Uh, and you can apply for uh, uh, you know a piece of that money. Uh, that's okay. up on the Craft Tucson page. You might have to scroll down a while. That was one of yeah. the first things to come out <laughs> um, here in Tucson. Um, some well-known people in the hospitality industry, Kyle Blessinger and Eric Smith, um, created a, a Tips for Tucson Facebook group uh, where people can uh, Venmo each other and, and help each other out, solidarity. Uh, gotcha. So you're seeing that pop up all over the place. 
and and things like that that's uh, virtual tip jars virtual tip jar um just just one big fund and then it, it gets dispersed or, do, or can so you the, the u.s bartenders guild grant is one big fund that that okay. people in the hospitality industry can apply for money the concept of virtual tip jar is hey remember all those haunts that you used to go to as a consumer why not uh send some of those folks a virtual tip and you pay can send out an individual just individual person yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, so gotcha. you see both things operating and there's probably other iterations I'm not even aware of happening. Yeah. Um, but that's solidarity, you know, um, yeah. it's just sticking together. Absolutely, man. What else? What other resources are there? So um, one of the big ones in Arizona is the Arizona Licensed Beverage Association is working with Crescent Crown uh, to help provide uh, funds for uh, furloughed employees and um, business owners need to apply for that and it's first come first serve um, there's I posted uh, uh, all the information uh, they have their own Facebook page ALBA okay. uh, but I've also reposted it on Baja Brewers and Craft Tucson um, down here in southern Arizona there's a, a great uh, financial institution called the Community Investment Corporation uh, headed by Danny Nee. Hi, Danny. <laughs> <laughs> you better get all these people um, to listen. I get they, yeah. they're, they're important. They're, they'll want to yeah. hear, hear you praising them for sure. <laughs> um, so CIC, Community Investment Corporation, gets money from Pima County and lends it out to businesses for community impact. Uh, so they're offering micro loans. Um, we have um, uh, one of the cool ideas that I think is really more of an imagination capture, but also has a real benefit toward laid off hospitality folks is this, um, all together, uh, beer that sort of modeled after resiliency ale after the campfires that Sierra Nevada led. Yep. Um, and so this is a beer that's brewed in solidarity. It's all the same recipe. Anyone can brew it. Uh, it was started by other half brewing in New York. Okay. Um, and so it's a way to, uh, make that statement of solidarity with the, the beer. That's all the same, uh, the same name called all together, um, uh, but also a commitment to uh, give some of that, those proceeds back to people who aren't working anymore. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. And I've seen, so, so the way that they did it with, uh, Sierra Nevada was like, there was. I think literally thousands of breweries across the country that were making the same recipe, little iterations here and there. Right, it was, yeah, it was all, it was that, um, craft. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Some of those iterations on purpose, some on accident, but yeah. you know, um, some by necessity. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Um, but it was, uh, what was it called again? Uh, that was called resilience ale, resilience the, ale. the campfires in California. Yeah. Yep. And now this one is all together. Right. Altogether.beer is the website for it. Gotcha. And I'm sure more and more breweries every day are going to be joining in, yeah. joining in on that. I hope so. Yeah. 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 What, uh, and then also, um, I mean, I know you've got the, the Arizona Craft Brewers Guild. They're going to be doing their virtual beer festival. So the things are... Yeah, that's, that's for us down here. It was to replace the uh, Baja Beer Fest. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Because that was supposed to be coming up here. Was it already it was, supposed it, to happen? Yeah. It's, it's in April. Yeah. 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 So we got this, you know, we're, I don't know, man, I guess humans adapt and, and we're like, all right, well, if we can't go out, like, well, yeah. an online festival. Uh, yeah. So craft, craftbeer.com um, has a great um, 
uh, database of breweries offering delivery and uh, pickup services. Uh, any brewer can go on there and um, and add their name to the list and their you know details. Um, there's a great movement down here uh, that all the local chefs uh, did uh, um, called Takeout Once a Week. Okay. So all the chefs got on like a, a YouTube video um, asking people, hey, you know, we're trying to stay, we're trying to keep our employees paid, we're trying to stay open, um, consider getting takeout once a week. And I gave a shout out to the vintners and brewers down here. Yeah. Um, there's also, I want to tell people about the local First Arizona funds. Um, so businesses can apply for that as well on the local First Arizona way. Okay. Gotcha. That's a great organization. Like that is. Yeah, it really is. Um, I've heard transformative. Yeah. And I've heard they've done, uh, they've had a huge part in, cause one of the things I really, really love about, uh, going to Tucson is when you go to downtown Tucson, I mean, first of all, there's, you know, I mean, I guess it's kind of selfish for me, but there's a lot of breweries, right? So I can get my fill of, yeah, of yeah. all these different beers. Uh, but everything is, it, it's, it's got this vibe to it. Um, and I couldn't really put my finger on it and I don't remember who I talked to and, but they were like, yeah, dude, local first down in Tucson is hardcore about like keeping downtown local businesses. Like, not yeah. Really, yeah. Um, so Mike Peel is uh, hi Mike is the <laughs> one the Southern Arizona local first director. He's a good friend of mine. He's uh, heavily involved. He's actually the sustainability captain of local first. Okay. Um, and he helped um, organize us our first uh, 2030 district. 2030 districts are um, uh, geographical boundaries around municipal centers, usually downtown areas. And within those boundaries, they're trying to reduce power, water, and energy usage and save a shitload of money uh, by 50% by the year 2030. Wow. Um, and so we're in that district. Um, we went through a sustainability boot camp that he ran with other programs. Um, there's a fight right now, um, a struggle, I should say. Um, a crucial conversation, I should say, um, <laughs> about um, uh, development on the Fourth Avenue um, area, which okay. is a really cool kind of uh, kind of how Tempe is now. Um, and Tempe is a great example because now Tempe is kind of this cool, hip, artsy kind of place. But um, thirty years ago, uh, it was like that too, and then it got. Uh, because of that, landlords thought it was worth more and raised the rent and all those little cool hip businesses went out of business or moved somewhere else. Yeah. And big box stores and big chains came in and people thought it wasn't interesting anymore and stopped going there. And uh, the tax base collapsed and it collapsed for, took 30 years to recover. Oh, wow. And so um, what we see in uh, Tucson is that you have cool uh, venues, music venues that uh, closed and, and got bought out by a big developer putting up luxury student housing. Mm. Um, and so we see that process occurring, but Local First stepped in along with the historic Fourth Avenue Association and, and said, no, we don't, we don't want, this isn't good for any, anybody. It's not good for anyone. It's a short term thinking. Yeah. Um, and so they formed, um, what's called a community benefit agreement with the developers and the businesses in that district to say, yes, development happens. We need to make it happen in a way that benefits everybody. That's awesome, man. 
that yeah. that's because that you mentioned Tempe and, and what I think about Tempe now is uh, it's getting taller, right? If you've been right. to Tempe in the last, you know, yeah. last year, it's just now you're getting these high rises that are, you know, yeah. and there's simple ways to make that work for everyone in, in terms of like, Hey, make your ground floors affordable, um, small business places to do, you know, to, to work and then have those businesses that are centered on the community, which only locally independent businesses are. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm with you, ma'am. I'm with you. Hopefully uh, your, your voice is, is longer and sh- law, louder and stronger than mine, but uh, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be looking over your shoulder saying, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate that. But I, I think your, your voice is kinder and reaches more people. So. <laughs> Thanks, man. I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah. I appreciate that. Our, our powers combined, right? <laughs> Voltron. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Voltron. Yes, yeah. exactly. Uh, so before we wrap this up, Mike, um, the one thing that's, that really I didn't even realize was going to happen until you mentioned it was the craft brewers conference yes that's online online. and free and And free free. right now uh that's also on the on the facebook page as i mentioned um white labs is doing free webinars um there's a group called conscious capitalism uh that i learned about from kim jordan and at the uh good business summit yeah they're doing really good work um so many of these uh, companies that we work with on the reg are stepping up to provide educational resources during this downtime. And I encourage everyone to take advantage of them because it might seem like a frivolous thing while you're going through the worst times, but those, some of those talks have real true resources for your mental health, for your staff's, uh, you know, well-being, for uh, potential financial resources. So I encourage everyone to take a look at those. I didn't know it was free. I didn't know the Craft Brewers Conference was free. free. I, that's awesome, yeah. man. I knew because yeah. that's, I mean, that's usually a pretty, uh, that's a pretty penny that's for. Pretty big <laughs> penny. Yeah. 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 To go to that. Yeah. Um, man, that's, that, that's, that's really cool. Um, dude, great resources, Mike. I, I, I appreciate all this. And I know people listening to this do um, as well. Anything, anything else that you want to talk about or bring up or, or mention? Um, well, this is not related to beer, but it's a real issue. And it was a podcast I was on yesterday talking about, um, the school to prison pipeline. And it's another example of solidarity. Say Um, that again. What was uh, the the school to prison pipeline, the school to prison pipeline. All right. I'm, 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 so (laughs) it's about the very, uh, sad state of public education in our, in our, um, in our state. Um, and also it intersects with, um, private prisons and Arizona being one of the worst states in terms of the number of people who are incarcerated. Really? I did not know um, that. And a, as a business owner, I became very frustrated with that because the employee pool that you draw from um, does not meet expectations in terms of what I expect people to know, basic skills coming out of high school, how to work the office program suites or, uh, you know, yeah just understand basic things or even be able to communicate over email can be challenging and it's so necessary. Um, And uh, because of that poor state of education, um, you know, there's not a lot of uh, opportunities for people to become employed in high paying jobs. Um, And what we're seeing is state funds uh, 
paying for prisoners to the tune of $20,000 more per prisoner than per student in the state of Arizona. Wow. Um, and guess what happens in prisons during pandemics? They become hotbeds of infection yeah. and that endangers all of us. So sure. I encourage everyone to take a second look and stop viewing our um, prisoners as being punished because it's only punishing us all. Mm. No one comes out of the prison system better than they went in. Uh, and that leads more people to a lifetime of crime. And that only hurts all of us. So, yeah. Where can people find more info about that? So you were on the, you're on the podcast. Um, yeah, I was just on uh, yesterday. There was a podcast I did with uh, Ron Austin from uh, Southern Arizona social justice media. Okay. Um, uh, main reason Arizona, uh, you can go to their Facebook page is the uh, American Friends Service Committee of Arizona. Okay. All right. And there's also a great Facebook group called The Start Project. And Start is an acronym with periods in between each letter. The Start Project. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent, Mike. Well, dude, probably the most resourceful uh, or resource-laden conversation I've had. It's <laughs> yeah. awesome, man. I Fire love hose. it. <laughs> I, dude, I love it. That was, I feel that that was a garden hose compared to what you could do, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, they call me good trouble. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mike, always a pleasure talking to you, man. I, I love yeah, you your insight and, and thank you so much for, for reaching out um, and connecting with me on this because I... I love the conversation you and I had. Um, I mean, I classy alcoholic was there, yeah, but you know, I'm he, classy. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, yeah, dude, always, always good talking to you, man. Keep, keep doing what you're doing, man. I, I respect you. it and I appreciate you it. You too. Thanks, All right. Me tiene luz